Good morning, People's Church. <laughs> Are we excited to be in the house of the Lord today? I think we can do better than that. Are we excited to be in the house of the Lord today? <laughs> Amen. Um, the theme of today is God can use anyone. Amen. When we think about God can use anyone, I feel like some of us feel a little bit unworthy or it's quite a heavy thing to carry. Amen. Um, I would like us to go to the book of Psalms 139. Verse 1 to 4. It says as follows. O Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. My entire life, everything I do. You deserve my entire life and everything I do. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, still unspoken, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. Amen. When I read the scripture, it summarized everything for me to say that God can indeed use anyone. Because here it speaks about the way God knows us. Amen. He knows each and every individual in this room. He knows where you're going. He knows when you are confused. He knows when you feel like giving up. Amen? He knows everything about you. He knows how much hair, the number of hair you have on your head. How amazing is that? Amen? When I went into the Bible, I was inspired by the book of 1 Samuels. And I came across a few people that made me realize that indeed God can use anyone. Amen. Let us go to, okay, before we get there, let's start with Hannah. So Hannah, I believe that God used Hannah. Amen. This was a woman who never knew if she will ever have a child. She was sad. She was broken. And the most interesting thing for me was that even though she was feeling the way that she was feeling, the way, whatever she was experiencing at that moment, she still trusted God. Amen. It takes a lot for you to trust God where you don't even know if you'll ever have a child. Not just a child, trusting God for something that you've always wanted, that you need. Amen. A job. Going to school, you can't afford to do that. Financial issues, you don't know what's going to happen um, in the middle of the month. You are stranded. But she still trusted God. Amen. The way she trusted God, this woman would still go. The Bible tells us that she would go to Shiloh with her family to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord. Where she prayed... 
and said to God, this is such an amazing thing. Um, it takes a lot of courage for someone to just do this. She said to God, she promised God that if he gave her a son, she would give him up in the service to him. Amen? I'm not a parent yet, but I believe that giving away your own child, only child that you, that you don't even know if you'll have another child in this lifetime, but you are still trusting God, and you also have put in another spice to say, I will give him away. That's, that, that, that is very heavy. Amen? Let us go to the first book of Samuels 1, verse 11. Verse 1, First Samuels 1, verse 11. It says, verse 1 to 11, sorry. It says, there was a certain man of, Ram of Ramatham, Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim, named Alakena, to the son of Jeroham, the son of Elohu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, and Ephraimite. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Feninah. Feninah had children, but Hannah had none. This man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were the priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrificial meat to Peninnah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give double portion because he loved Hannah. But the Lord had given her no children. Hannah's rival provoked her bitterly to irritate and embarrass her because the Lord had left her childless. So it happened year after year whenever she went up to the house of the Lord. Penina provoked her, so she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry? Why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and, discont and, dis and discontent? Am I not better than ten sons? So Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his seat beside the doorpost of the temple, tabernacle of the Lord. Hannah was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She made a vow, saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, suffering of your maidservant, and remember, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. Amen. We come back to saying that this is a woman who had lost hope, who didn't know where she was going. Amen. But she continued to trust God. I believe in my heart that God knew everything that was going to happen. Amen? You know, God used Hannah. And in processes where God is using each and every one of us in this room, we... We can be used in moments where we feel like giving up. Amen? And you feel like giving up. And at that point of time, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's going to happen next. And we become disobedient. Amen? One thing I love about Hannah is that she was very 
obedient. She was obedient. She trusted God. And one thing I would like to tell you, family, is that the beauty about God, the God that we serve is that he's faithful. Amen? He is very faithful. The God that we serve, he's very, very faithful. Amen? The Bible continues to tell us that in um, 1 Samuel's 19, in 1 Samuel's um, 1 verse 19 to 20, the family got up early the next morning, worshipped before the Lord, and returned to their home in Ramah. Elkanah knew, his, his, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Amen? It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him from the Lord. Amen. God still came through for her. Amen. A woman who was in despair, complete loss or absence of hope, but God came through for her. And what did she do? She did one thing that we always struggle to do, that after we've got whatever we've asked from God, we forget to say thank you. Amen. In second, in second, in First Samuel um, two, verse one to ten, it says, Hannah prayed and said, "My heart rejoices and triumphs in the Lord. My horn strength is lifted up in the Lord." My mouth has opened wide to speak boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not go on boasting so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth for the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him actions were weighed, examined. The bows of the mighty are broken. But those who have stumbled equip themselves with strength. And those who are full hire themselves out for bread. But those who are hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren woman gives birth to seven. But she who has many children withers away. The Lord puts to death, makes alive, and he brings down to shell the grave and raises up from the grave. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he lifts up. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles, inherit a seat of honor and glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he set the land on them. He guards the feet of his godly faithful ones, but the wicked ones are silenced and perish in darkness. For a man shall not prevail by might. The advisories of the Lord will be broken to pieces. He will thunder against them in the heavens, and the Lord will judge the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to his king. And we exalt the horn, strength, of his anointed. Amen. She praised God. She gave, she had thanksgiving. Amen. She gave thanksgiving to God. She appreciated God for what he did for her. Another beautiful thing that we struggle with as human beings is she kept her promise. Amen? She kept her promise. She gave away her only son, 
not knowing if she will have a, ever have other kids. And she gave her son to God. Amen. I believe that God used Hannah even though she felt like she didn't know where she was going. He was preparing her for this moment to bring Samuel into the world. It was a very unique and special time. She was, very, she was a very unique and special vessel. Amen. So God used her. And her faithfulness as well. I believe it also played a huge role. Amen. Let us continue to hold on and trust God, even when we don't know where we are going. Let us continue to trust God, even when we feel lost and confused. Let us continue to trust God, even when we are broken, and even when we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. Amen. We are all standing here today because of God. We are here this far because of God. There's so many things that have been, happened over the years. But God has taken those he has taken, but you are still here today. And it's something we should be grateful for. Amen. And then we go to Samuel. Samuel was different. Samuel was very, very different. Amen. Let us go to the book, first book of Samuel 2, verse 18 to 21. It says as follows. Now Samuel, so, now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a child dressed in linen effort, a sacred item of priestly clothing. Moreover, his mother would make him a little robe and would bring it up to him each year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. That Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by, his, by, his, by this woman in place of the one she asked for, which she, was dedicated to, she dedicated to the Lord. Then they would return to their own home. And the time came when the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. Amen. We, save, we serve a faithful God. She still got children afterwards. A very, very faithful God. Amen. And here we, we read that, um, here we read that Samuel continued to serve God. Amen. You know that as individuals, when we have our parents, um, they cannot really tell us on how our lives are going to be. Amen. It's a decision that you make when you start to grow up. Amen. But Samuel still remained. He didn't say, no, this is not what I decided to do. This is, what, this is, what, this is what my mom. So what does it have to do with me? Why do I have to be here? But he remained. Amen. I'm just trying to show you that Samuel was very different. He was not like other children. He was not like his siblings. He had a whole different journey and destiny that God had made for him. Amen. He was very, very different. And when we continue on, it says that in the, in the Bible, it's, we learn that Eli's sons, Phineas and Hophni, um, they were behaving in, they were behaving really badly. 
they were taking the best portions of sacrifices for themselves. And they were also having sexual relations with the sanctuary-serving woman. They both died from the wrath of God. But Samuel was focused on the Lord. Amen. Samuel was focused on the Lord. As I said again, Samuel was very different. Amen. He was very different. He was not influenced, even though he was the youngest. He was not influenced. He still remained and did what he had to do. He was dedicated to God. Something that we struggle with. It's not an easy thing, that thing, to say that I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to, I, I'm, this is where I am and I'm not moving. There are so many distractions in the world. There's so many things. There are materialistic stuff. There's social media. A lot of things just uh, distracts us. But Samuel still remained where God positioned him to be. Amen. Amen. Um, as we continue, the Bible tells us that Samuel served God his whole life. And he used him in his life for the people of Israel. He committed his life to God. And God needed someone who would, who would faithfully, faithfully serve him and, and, and place to appoint leaders and look after Israel. Amen. And he chose Samuel. It's so inter interesting how it's unraveling from Hannah and it gets to Samuel. He first used the mom, from the mom to the son. It's like a, 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 it shows that God has plans for each and every one of us. That we are not here just to walk around like we don't have direction. We don't know where we are going. Amen. But we are here for a reason. Amen. The last character in the Bible that I decided to go with is Saul. Yeah, Saul. Amen. Let's go to First Samuel's um, 4 verse 10 to um, 13. So the Philistines fought Israel and, and fought. The, so the Philistines fought. And Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. It was a very great defeat, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. Also the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed. Now a man from the tribe of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh. That same day, with his clothes torn and dust on his head, as signs of mourning over the, of, over the disaster, when he arrived, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road, keeping watch because his heart was anxious about the ark of God. When the man arrived to report the news in the city, everyone in the city cried out to God for help. Amen. A lot of people died in this battle. Israel was defeated. Israel was defeated. Shocking. It was defeated. God's, um, God's chosen nation. Amen. 
was defeated. So the ark of God was a covenant, was a sim- was a covenant, a symbol of God's presence among the Israelites, a visual reminder that the one true God had made covenant with them. Now imagine losing that. So at that because at that time Jesus had not died for us yet. Now you have lost one thing that brings you close to God. Amen. Now I believe that the Israelites were in a panic, just like any human being. Amen. If we lose something that is very important to us, I believe we will lose our minds. We will not be, we will not be, we will not be the way we would behave if we had it. Amen. They started losing their minds. They started panicking. Because they did not know what was going to happen next. Amen. The way they panicked, they lost hope in God and started not to trust God. The one who took them out of Egypt, if you remember. The one who still forgave them hundred times when they didn't want to move, when they were stubborn, when they were giving him headache but he kept on forgiving them over and over and over and over again, that same Israel lost hope in God. It's like going through trials and tribulations and then you forget. And then you go back and do the same thing again. Amen. But in this case, it's a bit more deeper. You don't trust the person who took you out from where you are suffering. Amen. How God prepared Samuel for how Saul would come into the picture. Amen. Um, Saul, Saul had a very beautiful, um, what can I say, a beautiful introduction in the sense of God had prepared everything for him. I mean, he told Samuel about him, amen? Someone knew about him. And God already had told him that, had already prepared a king for them. Like I said, I believe God knows everything, amen? God knows everything. And these Israelites, had decided that they are not going to trust God anymore. But now they want a king. Amen. The same God that took them out of Israel. Amen. Let us not forget that. The same God that took them out of Israel. They still do not trust him anymore. Because they were defeated. Just because of one defeat. They've forgotten where they come from and how they got out from where they got out of. Amen? Amen. Um, let us go to um, let us go to first Samuel eight, verse ten to eighteen. It says So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said I call this the warning. Amen. These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. 
He will take your sons and appoint them for himself to his chariots and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint them for himself to be commanders over thousands, over fifties, and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and do his servants and and do and do and to his servants. He will take your male servants and your female servants and and your best young man and your donkeys and use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks and yourselves and you yourselves shall be his servants. Then you will cry out on that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourself. But the Lord will not answer you on that day because you have rejected him as king. Amen. I believe that just as how each and every one of us in this room have feelings and get hurt and get affected by what people say, I believe that God also feels the same. Amen. They rejected him just because they lost one battle. And for God, all the good things and all the great things that God did for them. They put their focus on what was happening now. And they were not thinking about the future. Not thinking about if God took us out of this, he can still take us out of this. Amen. Were they faithful to God? No. I don't believe they were faithful to God. But God was faithful to them. Amen. When they asked for a king, what did he do? He gave them a king. Amen. Let us go to the book of 1 Samuel 10, verse 22 to 24. It says, So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? They asked. And the Lord answered, He is there, hiding, in, hiding himself by provisions and supplies. So they ran and took him from there, and when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him, whom the Lord has chosen? For there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Amen. Long live the king. Were they, did, they have, did, did Saul and the Israelites have a smooth sailing? No, they didn't. He ended up being disobedient. He ended up being selfish. Amen. Wanted power to himself. Amen. But God still remained faithful to him, for to the Israelites. Amen. I believe that appointing Saul was a lesson. It was a lesson. God used Saul to give them a lesson. Amen. 
that you don't trust me? You don't believe that I want the best for you? Amen? You don't believe that I, I, will, I will always be there for you? I am there for you? But you want to trust in human beings instead of trusting in me. The same human beings that I created. But you still fail to trust me. Because if we can go over the history of the Israelites, the drama that was happening there, the drama of them always continuing to reject God, coming back, reject God, coming back. I mean, in, if I think about it, the hurt that they, they hurt, the hurt that they, 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 that they gave to God, they hurt God a lot. Amen. They hurt God a lot, and God loved them unconditionally. But with that same love, they couldn't give back to God because they were selfish. They only thought about themselves. So God used Saul as a lesson. But when we continue, there was quite a lot of more lessons than that. So it was not the first one. Amen. Lastly, the last character, Martin Luther. So Martin Luther was, um, he was born in Esleben, county of Mansfeld, in the Holy Roman Empire in Germany. Amen. He played an important role in the Reformation. The Reformation was a 16th century movement for the reform of abuses in the Roman church, ending in the establishment of the Reformed and Protestant churches. So in those days, the church had no order. Amen. They would take advantage of, um, of the church so they, the leaders could live luxurious lives. Amen. So they would live on their, they would live on their, on, on, on the church's um, money and enforce them to give and abuse them. Amen. But funny thing is, out of all of that havoc, God chose one person. Amen. And his name was Martin Luther. Martin Luther came to reject several teachings and practices of the church at that time. In particular, he disputed the view of indulgences. Martin Luther taught that salvation and, con and consequently eternal life are not earned by good deeds. Rather, they are received only as a free gift of God's grace through the believer's faith in Jesus Christ, the Redeemer from sin. His challenge, he challenged the authority and office of, of the leaders by teaching that the Bible is the only source of divinely revealed knowledge and, and, and opposed sacred, and ex, an exposed sacerdotalism, which is the belief in same Christian churches that priests are meant to be mediators between God and humankind by considering all baptized Christians to be holy priests. Amen. This was a tough time. In those days, if you went against the leaders, 
you were, um, you were, this is what they used, you were removed from society. Amen. You were removed, you were, you were, you were ex examined, something like that. Excommunicated, or, uh, yeah, that word, sorry, <laughs> that one, yes. Um, yes, you were removed, you were removed and you were treated differently. But he didn't care about that. All he wanted to do is make sure that the word of God was heard. Amen. I believe God used him in that time. There were no genuine leaders at that moment. But God used him. Amen. He used him. He even went to lengths of translating the Bible to Germany. Can you believe how much work is that? It's a lot of work. But he still did it. He was committed. Amen. And God used him. He used a man from a very small town in Germany. No one knew him. No one knew anything about him. But God still used him. Amen. He still used him. I'd like us to go back to Psalms 139, 1 verse 4. Oh, Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. Amen. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, my entire life, everything I do. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue still unspoken, Behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. Amen. God can use anyone he wants to use. You don't have to have much. You don't have to have all the riches. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a certain status in society. God can use anyone he wants to use. Amen. And I want to tell you some good news today, family, that God wants to use you. He has chosen to use you. Amen. I mean, Jesus died for you. He died for each and every one of us in this room. I once asked the designers a question and I said, would you die for the person that is sitting next to you today? Would you die for them? <laughs> I believe that's a very hard, it's a, it's a, it's a hard commitment. You, it's not easy for you to say, I'm going to die for you today. Some of you are sitting next to people you've never sat next to you today. It's the first time. And they're asking you to die for them. Would you do it? No, I don't think so. But Jesus chose and he died for you. Amen. I want to show you how chosen you are. Amen. I want to show you that God can use you. I want those who today feel like if we can just close our eyes, 
I want those who feel like today that they feel worthless. They feel like they don't believe that God can ever use them. And not just that. They don't believe that those people who have lost hope, who feel that God doesn't love them anymore, or those who have turned their backs from God and have given up everything and decided that they can't do this anymore and have lost all hope, everything. I just want you today to reflect on all things that God has done for you. Amen? Just all, God, all things that God has done for you as a person. That how did you get to a point where you are still standing today? All the journeys that you've gone through. Amen? Heavenly Father, I come to you today. We surrender all to you, Almighty God. You died for us on the cross, O oh Lord. And you continue to show us your love even when we have wronged you, even when we have hurt you, O oh God. But your love is unconditional. And sometimes, O oh God, we feel like we don't deserve it. But you still give it to us, O oh God. You are faithful, O oh Lord. And we know you will continue to be faithful to us, O oh God. As we leave this place today, here today, we pray, Almighty God, that we are not the same people ever again, Almighty God. But may there be a shift, a change in our hearts, in our minds, in the way we see things, O oh God. And remember that you are still God. That you are still God and nothing is impossible with you. That if you were able to take out the Israelites from Egypt, Almighty God, in the, in, in, in the suffering, Almighty God, we know you have our backs, Almighty God. We praise you, we honor you, we glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.